0: A warning to our listeners. This episode contains discussions of torture and death. Discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13.
1: Throughout history, religion and science have often been at odds. Passionate scientists and devoted spiritualists found themselves pitted against each other, waging an age-old debate over facts versus faith.
0: While science relies on evidence and concrete facts, religion acknowledges a divine creator capable of miracles beyond our scope of understanding. But for decades, one ancient relic has attracted the attention of both rationalists and the faithful, the Shroud of Turin. Believed by theological scholars to be the burial cloth of Jesus Christ, the Shroud of Turin remains one of the world's most sacred ancient relics.
1: Blood-stained and torn, the linen blanket measures 14 feet by three and a half feet. Its shape is like a table runner for a stately banquet hall.
0: Some argue that the cloth proves the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus.
1: But others believe the fabric is a fake, potentially crafted by some 14th
0: century imitator. The persistent question for many is, does this old scrap of bloody linen prove that Jesus not only lived, but also rose from the dead? You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Today, we're covering the Shroud of
1: Turin. In Italy's northern city of Turin, there's a centuries-old church called the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist. Within the chapel's impenetrable
0: vault lies a time-worn and bloodied shroud. Many believe Jesus' corpse was wrapped in it and embedded a holy imprint into its fibers.
1: In this episode, we'll explain how religious experts, forensic pathologists, and historians alike have spent decades analyzing the Shroud. All have hoped to either confirm its holy origins for
0: millions of Christians… Or prove it's a fake. Today, We'll dive into three working theories on how the Shroud came to be. We'll investigate whether it was created naturally while Jesus laid in the tomb, or if it was literally fabricated as a sort of medieval forgery.
1: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com. According to the New Testament, the story of Christ's resurrection goes like this. In the year 33 AD, Jesus was crucified and buried in a tomb. A large stone was rolled over the entrance, and soldiers were stationed outside the sealed gravesite to prevent Jesus' followers from taking the body.
0: Three days after his burial, Mary Magdalene and a few other women visited the tomb to anoint the Savior's body. When they arrived, the stone protecting the entrance had been thrust aside.
1: An angel stood atop the boulder and told Mary that Jesus was no longer inside. The angel said, He is risen just as he said, and suggested Mary Magdalene inspect the tomb to see for herself. And she found the corpse was gone. All that remained was a folded napkin, or what many would come to believe was the shroud.
0: Mary and the women rushed to inform Jesus' apostles of the missing body, but they were stopped mid-journey when Jesus appeared to them, confirming what the angel said. He was risen. Mary and the others fell at his feet to worship. When he left them, they found the apostles and shared the news.
1: But there was one skeptic in the bunch, the apostle Thomas. He doubted what the women said, telling them, quote, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe.
0: Little more than a week later, Jesus appeared to the doubting Thomas, inviting him to touch his wounds and see for himself. Then Jesus said, quote, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Today, many Christians trust in the
1: story from nearly 2,000 years ago. They don't need concrete evidence. But there are still those who feel they need to see to believe. In the Shroud of Turin, skeptics may find that proof.
0: Turin is an Italian city situated on the Po River beneath the Alps. It's been home to the mysterious shroud that's borne its name for centuries.
1: Though we don't know the exact age of the Holy Shroud, the first historical mention of its existence was in the 14th century. Around 1353, French knight Geoffroy de Charny built a church in the commune of Liret, a tiny town in France's Champagne region. Some time after he constructed the church, de Charny brought the Shroud to
0: display it for the public. Upon hearing of the Shroud, pilgrims from all over France flocked to Liray. From the get-go, prominent members of the church were skeptical of its authenticity, but that didn't stop people from traveling to see it.
1: A few years after the Shroud's arrival to Liray, the Champagne region of France was ravaged by bloody, devastating battles with the English.
0: The countries were in the thick of the Hundred Years' War, and it became clear the Shroud was in danger.
1: So, in 1418, de Charny's granddaughter, Marguerite, fled Lirey. In an attempt to stay alive and preserve the safety of her family's treasures, she set out in search of a secure home for herself
0: and the relic. Marguerite wandered Europe, keeping the shroud with her for months. Evidently, she settled at the court of the Dukes of Savoy, where she remained for the next several years.
1: Then, in 1453, perhaps as a thank you... Marguerite sold the Shroud to the Royal House of Savoy, a powerful dynasty. But the church was displeased with her actions. As punishment, she was excommunicated.
0: Two decades later, the Duke of Savoy decided to aggrandize the chapel at Chambéry Castle, the capital of the dukedom. He thought the new and improved church would make the perfect home for the Shroud. But fate had other plans.
1: In the winter of 1532, a fire broke out in the Chambéry Castle. As flames devoured the chapel, smoke filled the insular chamber where the shroud lay. Cinders, ash, and falling debris began eating away at the ancient relic.
0: Sixteenth-century firefighters did their best to reach the linen and save it, dousing the cloth in water, but it was seriously damaged.
1: For the next few years, a local order of contemplative nuns set out to restore the Shroud. Known as the Poor Clares, they did their best before returning it to the Duke of Savoy. Wary of another disaster, the Duke then sought to transport the artifact to a safer location. In
0: 1578, the Shroud moved once again. The Duke of Savoy transported it from Chambéry, France, to Turin.
1: Apparently, the duke was trying to move the capital of the Savoy states to a border town along the Po River. He thought giving the shroud to the Italians could help sway hearts and minds.
0: For his part, the Archbishop of Milan was thrilled to receive the relic. He saw it as a chance to show gratitude to God for pulling Milan through the plague of St. Charles in 1576.
1: The Turinese welcomed the sacred linen in September of 1578. Not only did the entire city gather to witness its arrival, but the local artillery marked the holy occasion with a ceremonial gun salute.
0: To this day, the shroud has remained well protected in Turin.
1: Every so often, its keepers invited the public to view the burial cloth. Most of the time, though, it's kept under lock and key behind bulletproof glass— presented only for private expositions.
0: Whether or not the cloth was Christ's burial blanket is reasonable to doubt. After all, it fell off the radar for some 1,300 years.
1: But there's nothing to immediately discredit the Shroud, either. All four Gospels state that Christ was buried in a, quote, linen cloth, matching the approximate weight and length of the Shroud of Turin.
0: In 1998, Pope John Paul II referred to the shroud as a, quote, mirror of the gospel. But he wasn't just referring to the linen fabric. He was also compelled by the many bloodstains embedded in its fibers, consistent with the story of Jesus' crucifixion.
1: Now, before we dive into this, we should acknowledge that in this episode, this theory is based on the assumption that Jesus of Nazareth was a real person and was, in fact, crucified.
0: Granted, there's no archaeological evidence of his existence, but that's not unusual. There isn't much archaeological evidence for anyone living in first-century Nazareth, let alone the impoverished son of a carpenter.
1: There is, however, historical evidence of Jesus's existence. A few decades after his death, historian Flavius Josephus made mention of him on several occasions. It's the first secular account of Jesus, and religious historians consider Flavius Josephus to be the, quote, best source of information about first-century Palestine.
0: So, while we can't know for sure, it's reasonable to assume that a man named Jesus walked the earth as a prophet. Beyond that, his story is a matter of faith. And for the sake of today's exploration, we're going to share that belief.
1: Now, according to the Bible, Jesus suffered several wounds in the last hours of his life. First, Roman soldiers gave him lashings for blasphemy before adorning him with a crown of thorns. It was pressed into his skin until it drew blood.
0: He was then forced to carry a massive wooden cross through the streets of Jerusalem to Golgotha, an Aramaic word for skull. It was a little hill outside of town where all crucifixions took place. Unlike most
1: crucifixions, according to tradition, Jesus' hands and feet were nailed to his cross instead of being tied up with rope. He suffered massive blood loss, dying within a few hours.
0: For confirmation, a soldier pierced his side with a spear. Water trickled out of the wound, signifying that Jesus' heart had stopped.
1: After his death, he was taken down from the cross. But because it was nearly sundown when the Sabbath began, his loved ones couldn't give him a proper burial— they quickly wrapped him in a linen shroud and laid him in a friend's tomb with the intention of coming back on Sunday.
0: Because his body was still bloody, it would have stained the fabric.
1: To many believers, this is why the Shroud of Turin is so convincing. If someone were to lay on the shroud, their hands and feet would fall directly on sets of blood stains where nails pierced Jesus' flesh.
0: They'd also see small pools of blood on their side and around their head, possibly caused by a soldier's spear and a crown of thorns. Faint lashing wounds riddle the section of cloth where Jesus' back might have laid. There are even a few lesions where the hundred-pound cross would have scraped Jesus'
1: shoulder. In his book, The Truth About the Shroud of Turin, journalist Robert Wilcock asserts that this shroud was wrapped around a bloodied body. The lacerations, seeping nail wounds, and rivers of blood down each arm tell the story of a man tortured to death.
0: In a 1981 report, the Shroud of Turin Research Project confirmed the stains were legitimately blood. The only aspect impossible to confirm was whose blood.
1: Yet, the Shroud of Turin had one final surprise to advocate for its authenticity, one hiding in plain sight.
0: Coming up, the Shroud's hidden secret leaves scientists and theologians reeling. It's October 20th, 2018, one day until the end of the world. I'm on the compound of
2: a secretive religious organization, interviewing a longtime member their leader has predicted that tomorrow will be the beginning of the apocalypse. The prediction, yes, I am prepared. It will purify life from a lot of illusions. When I started working on this story, I was hoping to profile a unique apocalyptic group that had survived through many failed doomsday predictions. But the end of the world was just the beginning. The only way to get to heaven was to allow him sexual activity with me. I didn't specifically give my consent. I was frozen at the time. The angels, they arranged it that he is supposed to have sex with his students.
0: He is an amazing teacher, and also he's a sick f-
1: This is Revelations, a Spotify original from Parcast, premiering Sunday, October 3rd. This episode is brought to you by Terminix,
0: Now, back to the story.
1: Since the 1400s, when the Shroud of Turin first appeared in historical texts, people have been eager to prove whether the cloth was once the burial shroud of Jesus Christ.
0: The linen itself fit the description given in the Bible, and bloodstains matched all the wounds Jesus incurred during his crucifixion.
1: There was also the faintest outline of a man's legs on the cloth, perhaps imprinted by dirt and sweat or blood. And for centuries, this was the extent to which the shroud was examined.
0: That is, until May of 1898. The city of Turin was in the middle of planning a celebration for Turin Cathedral's 400th anniversary. Among other events, there would be a display of sacred art to commemorate the church's history. The owner of the shroud at the time, Italy's King Umberto I, felt the shroud was too delicate to be put on display. Still wanting to pay homage, he instead granted permission for a team of artists to create a replica for the exhibit.
1: The organizers asked amateur photographer Secondo Pia to take the first ever picture of the shroud. It would be used as a reference for the artists.
0: On May 28, 1898, Pia set up a generator and two huge electric lamps to accurately capture the shroud's likeness.
1: Before film, photographs were captured on thin glass plates. The plate captured an image that would appear inverted, a negative which was light where it should be dark and vice versa. When the image was transferred onto photography paper, it would be inverted again so that the picture looked normal
0: once developed. Just before midnight, Secando Pia took a picture of the Shroud of Turin. He then went to immediately develop the photograph. But when he took the glass plate out of his camera, a chill ran up his spine.
1: There, on the negative, was a brilliantly white, incredibly detailed outline—a man's face. Even his beard was captured perfectly. In fact, Pia could see the entire outline of the man's body. And he was shocked for two reasons.
0: For one, Pia was the first person to see the face in hundreds of years. And what's more was that while the shroud appeared inverted on the negative, the face did not. It was as though the shroud was a glass plate for whatever, whoever, initially created the image.
1: The only way for that to happen was for the face and body to be captured while wrapped inside the shroud. This would have happened centuries before the advent of photography. It was, to say the very least, mystifying.
0: News of the photograph spread. Scientists across the globe grew fascinated by the mystery of how the face came to be, and in such minute detail.
1: But it would be another 71 years before researchers were allowed to study the shroud directly. Until then, its owners worried that too much handling could cause deterioration. In 1969, though, scientists were finally granted permission to run tests to advise caretakers on how to best preserve the relic.
0: In 1978, Shroud of Turin Research Project, or STURP, was given a full five days of direct access to the cloth. Their first order of business was confirming that the stains on the shroud were legitimate. They studied the shroud beneath a microscope, looking for traces of paint, but they found no artificial pigment. The stains were from real human blood, reported to be type AB for what it's worth.
1: A decade later, in 1988, another team got the chance to examine the linen. This time, they wanted to test for carbon-14, which could help determine how old the shroud really was. Three labs were able to conduct studies, and their findings were unanimous and said to be 95% reliable— The material they tested was dated sometime between 1260 and 1390 AD, at minimum 1227 years after Jesus' lifetime. The carbon testing crew declared the cloth a medieval hoax.
0: But their carbon dating process was met with opposition. American chemist Raymond Rogers, the director of chemistry at STURP, pointed out that the material used for carbon analysis wasn't a part of the original shroud. It came from a medieval patch woven into the cloth to repair fire damage.
1: Another scientist, Dr. Liam Keezer, said, quote, The shroud has been handled by many people over the ages. One would be concerned about the effect of finger oil.
0: Organic matter can inflate the age of carbon-dated material, a fair argument to make. But the inability to confirm whether the Shroud had been severely affected meant scholars kept debating for another two decades.
1: Then, in 2010, Turin opened up the Shroud's private chamber for public viewing. Over two million religious pilgrims waited for hours on end to visit the holy relic. Some scientists may have believed it to be a fake, But it was clear where the public stood. This made sense. As of 2010, the Catholic Church reported that 95% of Italians were baptized as Catholic.
0: To this day, though, the Shroud incites rigorous debate over its authenticity, origin, and spiritual significance, both within and beyond Christian communities. This has led physicists, botanists, religious scholars, and historians into a challenging standoff. Researchers are stuck. They can neither let go of the idea that the shroud is a forgery, nor can they prove the linen is wholly authentic.
1: But regardless of whether it's real or fake, the true mystery lies embedded in its fibers. How was the outlined
0: face created? Which leads us to conspiracy theory number one. Radiation from Christ's resurrection created the mystical imprint on the linen.
1: Some believe that when Jesus rose from the dead, he was quite literally sparked back to life. A divine light shot out from his body as quick as the flash from a camera. Because the linen was white,
0: the image of Christ's face was emblazoned on the cloth. Which would explain the issue Secondopia Pia wrestled with, how the photographic image was created from the inside out.
1: It opens up a puzzling question
0: of whether the Son of Man was also acting as the first camera. That's certainly a good comparison. Now, for those who don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, this process might seem far-fetched.
1: But the Yahoo! Shroud Science Group, an international co-op of 147 scholars, said this theory shouldn't be rejected outright.
0: They claim that there's a way this could have happened naturally. If a force of energy originating from the wrapped body reacted to another electrostatic discharge, it was possible.
1: Electrostatic discharge occurs when a sudden flow of electricity between two objects comes into contact with one another, like a tiny bolt of lightning. Essentially, the shroud could have been made by static shock.
0: Although this hypothesis relies on the belief that Jesus' body suddenly jolted back to life. While science can't disprove that notion, it can't offer evidence supporting that theory either.
1: But some researchers are unbothered by that fact. Chemist Giulio Fonti agreed that the image could have imprinted on the cloth through a, quote, burst of radiant energy, a kind of divine ultraviolet
0: light emanating from the body itself. To support his theory, Fonti cited Christ's transfiguration. According to the Bible, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to a mountaintop to pray. As he prayed he began to emanate a divine light then the deceased prophets Moses and Elijah appeared to him
1: The event is described in the Bible's Luke 9:29 It states as Jesus was praying the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright
0: as a flash of lightning Still this isn't exactly proof Given that it was written by Luke, it wasn’t even an eyewitness account. Fonti
1: hopes to produce artificial sources of this type of radiation to recreate the shroud of Turin, but so far he’s been unsuccessful.
0: Which makes this theory tricky to get behind. As physicist Paolo De Lazzaro told National Geographic, quote, "One could look at hypotheses outside the realm of science as a sort of miracle. But a miracle cannot be investigated by the scientific method.
1: De Lazzaro is actually part of an investigative team at Italy's National Agency for New Technologies, Energy and Sustainable Economic Development. Over the course of 5 years, they conducted research in the hopes of proving Fonti's theory correct.
0: Using state-of-the-art lasers and ultraviolet light, they attempted to simulate the shroud's coloration. But while they came close to mimicking the shade of the image, they never matched the shroud's characteristics.
1: Of course, if miracles are real, humanity's inability to recreate the cloth could be by design. After all, it's called faith for a reason.
0: But scientifically speaking, no one has ever matched the unique hue and delicate detail of the image on the cloth. However, the detailed face ended up on the cloth, it wasn't likely from ultraviolet light. For that reason, I give this conspiracy a 2 out of 10. I'm not totally
1: convinced that experts won't eventually be able to prove the radiation theory, but I agree. As of now, it's a pretty thin argument. I'm going to give this conspiracy a 3 out of 10.
0: The entire mystery of the Shroud takes some willingness to remain open to the inexplicable, and there are still more lingering questions about its creation.
1: Coming up, a theory that ties the Shroud's creation to emissions from an ancient earthquake. This episode is brought to you by
2: Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. The Shroud of Turin has held the attention of theologians and scientists for centuries. Many believe the relic was the actual burial cloth of Jesus.
1: Others call it a fabrication, a prank by some medieval forger with too much time on their hands. Until we know for sure, researchers and specialists will continue to test the cloth's authenticity and consider alternative ways which might have stained it.
0: That's right. Which brings us to conspiracy theory number two. Nuclear emissions released by an earthquake caused the image transfer onto the Shroud of Turin. In
1: 2015, three geotechnical engineers from the Polytechnic University of Turin, Alberto Carpenteri, Giuseppe Lacedonia, and Oscar Borla, conducted a study— They reference literature that mentioned a series of disastrous earthquakes during and after Christ's death
0: in 33 AD. Now, most Christians believe that Jesus possessed miraculous abilities, but wasn't superhuman. More than likely, he couldn't budge the massive boulder confining him to his tomb.
1: But days after his death, the rock that sealed the tomb moved. The entrance was left wide open, and inside Christ's body was nowhere to be found.
0: Carpenteri, Lacedonia, and Borla theorized that one of the purported earthquakes might have moved the boulder. They also wondered if said earthquake could have caused nuclear emissions that stamped Jesus' face on the shroud.
1: Neutrons, which are found in the nucleus of atoms, have zero charge. So when they're ejected from a nucleus, they can cause a kind of radioactive
0: decay. An earthquake could compress brittle rock so tightly that atoms end up split, releasing said neutrons. This radioactive decay could have transferred the likeness of Jesus into the fibers of the linen, like an X-ray image.
1: The team believes that if an earthquake measuring 8.2 on the Richter scale struck, it would undoubtedly have been powerful enough to cause this kind of nuclear response.
0: While this is theoretically possible, I'm having a hard time seeing how this theory adds up historically. For one thing, there's no definitive evidence of an earthquake at the time of Jesus' death and 8.2 is a massively powerful quake. Yet there's no mention of destruction to the surrounding area. A boulder dislodged from the entrance of a tomb seems like the absolute minimum damage that type of event would cause.
1: There's also the issue of Alberto Carpenteri's reputation, because he's a controversial figure at best. His studies are seldom trusted by fellow scientists, This suspicion is largely due to the 2015 retraction of more than 10 of his articles from the journal Mechanica. Their comment was that, quote, the editorial process had been compromised.
0: Later, the Journal of Statistical Mechanics, Theory, and Experiment also investigated some of Carpentieri's writing. It concluded he lifted the contents from a paper published in another journal.
1: It's also known that Carpenteri has a history of suing those people who call him a plagiarist or disagree with his findings.
0: In 2012, 1,000 scientists petitioned Italy's government to take away funding for Carpinteri's research.
1: They also stripped Carpenteri of his appointment to the Italian National Institute of Metrological Research.
0: All of which makes it incredibly hard to get behind this theory. It seems like the only people who do accept Carpenter's work are his two fellow researchers on the project. I have to give it a 1 out of 10.
1: I am also inclined to give it a 1 out of 10. It's clearly a theory that has yet to be verified by historical evidence and trustworthy research.
0: Before we move on to our final conspiracy theory, there's one more point to underscore. For centuries, researchers could only analyze the shroud through a sheet of protective glass as it was deemed too delicate to disturb.
1: Most of that research focused on whether the face on the shroud was painted or dyed against a sculpture like a charcoal rubbing. And the majority of those studies led researchers to believe the shroud was not painted. But now that scientists can analyze the fabric directly, one might wonder if their position has changed.
0: Which leads us to conspiracy theory number three, the shroud is a hoax. Evidence for this theory began piling up once a team of researchers were granted permission to study the shroud directly.
1: Similar to when a conservator prepares to restore a painting,
0: the team used chemical analysis to identify any pigment in the cloth. Remember, back in 1978, the Shroud of Turin Research Project failed to identify any evidence of pigments or dyes, nor were there any indications of brush strokes.
1: At the time, most scientists and religious scholars agreed that the faint coloration of the fibers didn't seem to be man-made. The color doesn't rest on top of the threads as it would with paint, nor is it infused into the fibers, as would happen from a dye.
0: Instead, experts maintain that the fibers themselves were somehow darkened, and curiously, the color couldn't be dissolved, lightened, bleached, or transformed by even the most potent chemical agents.
1: Those are the main reasons why S-T-U-R-P asserted the shroud was authentic and quote,
0: not the product of an artist. They also said the blood stains were legitimate, composed of hemoglobin and serum albumin, a globular protein found in vertebrate blood.
1: Not only did scientists receive positive test results for serum albumin, they also discovered traces of human DNA on
0: the shroud. But the legitimacy of these so-called proven points was called into question in 1980. Dr. Walter McCrone, an independent chemical consultant who worked with STURP, insisted the so-called bloodstains were just microscopic iron oxide particles. In other words, proving the shroud was a fake.
1: Others proposed that an artist created the outline of the body and face by making a rubbing of a bas-relief statue. Someone even suggested the medieval artist burn the fabric as it rested atop the bas-relief. Chemically speaking though, the idea didn't carry much
0: weight. Finally, in 2018, a team of forensic scientists from Liverpool John Moores University and the Italian Committee for the Investigation of Claims of the Pseudosciences conducted an illuminating study.
1: They used a living volunteer and a dummy to recreate various positions the corpse might have assumed. Then they deduced how blood might trickle down the body to create the same stains
0: on the shroud. The study used both synthetic and natural blood to mimic the stain patterns. In the end, the forensic researchers said the body would have had to move around quite a bit to create the designs seen in the shroud.
1: Their analysis also revealed that for the blood to trickle down the arms to match the pattern on the shroud, the corpse had to be standing upright. Yet Jesus was already dead by the time his body was wrapped, which suggests a more horizontal position.
0: Ultimately, the team concluded that the marks couldn't have been made all at once. And given that this is the most recent science on the Shroud, it carries more weight. I give this last conspiracy a seven out of 10.
1: I see your point, but I'm just not sure how a medieval artist could have created the face on the Shroud. It's clear we don't know how to match the markings perfectly, but something about the Shroud's enduring legacy makes me think otherwise. Maybe there's still evidence that hasn't been uncovered yet. I'm giving this theory a
0: 5 out of 10. Regardless of whether it's real, the Shroud acts as a powerful relic for the millions of Christians that believe in it.
1: In 1998, Pope John Paul II visited the Holy Cloth. After spending time with the Shroud of Turin, he said, "...the Church entrusts to scientists the task of continuing to investigate." While the Vatican takes no official position on the Shroud's authenticity, it supports the veneration of devoted followers, those who continue to honor it as a symbol of Christ's suffering. Both Popes Benedict and Francis consider the Shroud a religious icon.
0: Until we know for certain how it came to be, believers will have to rely on faith.
1: Which might just be the point. (music) Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back next time with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
0: Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story.
1: And the official story isn't always the truth.
0: Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by John Levinson, with writing assistance by Aaron Lan and Mackenzie Moore. Fact-checking by Anya Barely, and research by Bradley Klein. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy.
2: The only way to get to heaven was to allow him sexual activity with me. These are not the people that you would normally associate with a cult.
1: Do you think I need to be worried for my safety?
2: I definitely think
0: you should be prudent. This is Revelations, a Spotify original from Parcast, premiering Sunday, October 3rd.